on what they focus on. And so I think it's important to pay attention to the things that our mind focuses on. So what do you let your mind mull over? Is it um, kids? Um, clicking. Is it your home? Is it your marriage? Your appearance? Your guilt? Your self-reliance? I feel like a lot of times I catch myself going, you can do this. That's not true. He can do this, and he chooses to use me, which is great. Comparisons, competition, there's so much stuff going on up here all the time for all of us. But what should we be focused on? His word, his grace, his love, and it gets a little crowded out sometimes, but we want his word to speak the loudest. That's what we truly desire. That's what we would truly want. Psalm 8611 says, teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness and give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. I love that one. And Isaiah 26, 3 says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts on, in you. And then 2 Corinthians 10, 5, we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. This just means right thinking. And... Um, I think there's a lot of times that we're not thinking rightly in our mind. We're not, our brain and our, and the things that we're thinking about aren't focused on Christ. And he would love to reboot us, just do a total overhaul of our mind and help us to rethink things. And so what needs to be dismantled? What needs that overhaul? And I don't think that it's possible to really focus on that or to know if we don't slow down because we can't even hear his voice. Some of the time we're just running and trucking so fast and so hard and we rarely do one thing at a time. Um, multitasking is the survival method that we're all relying on right now. Um, I know I'm guilty of it for sure. And it gets praised often. Oh, you're such a good multitasker. You get so much done. Way to go. But we're actually not doing ourselves any favors. The University of Michigan had a study. I thought this was really interesting. Um, that multitasking um, is actually linked to poor performance and short-term memory loss. And I thought, that's why. That's why I can't remember anything. That's why I go into that room and go, what was I doing in here? I can't remember. Um, and so the problem with multitasking is that we're splitting our brain's resources. And we are putting attention, we're um, dividing attention from each task, and we're actually doing all of them worse. And so um, one of the things I've really been trying to think about lately is just do one thing. Just do one thing at a time, Mandy. And it's hard. Y'all, that is a, I think that should be a new spiritual discipline. Doing one thing at a time um, is actually very, very hard. And we need to schedule time to get alone and to get quiet so that our, so that our mind can be quieted before the Lord. And um, you'll hear us say up here on the stage often about that divert daily, withdraw weekly, abandon annually. And that's because we want um, I want for sure, and I would hope you do, to get alone with the Lord and to make it a priority. Um, John 15, 5 says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And so I want that time with the Lord. 
if I can do nothing without him, then I better be connected to that branch. And then that Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God. I love that Moses, Elijah, Jacob, and even Jesus withdrew to be alone with the Lord. And when Jesus was with the disciples um, in Matthew chapter 6, he says, come away with me and let's find rest. And I think that rest is really important because without it, we cannot get the clarity of mind that we need to live a little bit more simply. But that's just our mind. Unfortunately, there's a whole nother thing, and it's called life. And it's just the things, the tasks, the stuff that we have to get done um, that kind of pop up in our, in our day-to-day. And so I wanted to share with you guys, my husband went on a trip with some buddies just last month, and he went to um, Ray Lakes Loop in California. And for whatever reason, they thought it would be really fun to hike um, 42 miles with a lot of elevation in four days. So um, the reason I wanted to share this with you guys today is because I knew that they had said they wanted me to speak on simplicity, and I was really intrigued, not by the trip necessarily, but in the packing for the trip. So this was his pack that he was going to wear, um, you know, for his four-day, 42-mile hike, which sounds awful, by the way. Um, This was his pack that he was going to wear, and so this is what he was going to carry. Everything that he needed needed to fit in this pack. And, um, and the packing experience was really neat to me because, first of all, it was a major task. He was going to be hefting it around, and so he wanted to keep it under 30 pounds. That was his goal. So he bought a bunch of lightweight stuff, like this little coffee mug that literally like weighs about as much as a penny. And um, he went and got this chair that is, I mean, super-duper light, but at least something he could sit on. And just made a couple of little purchases like that, borrowed some things. He decided to wear the same clothes every day for four days so that he wouldn't have to pack clothes. Um, Yeah, underwear, too. They were definitely smelly when they were done. Um, But what he would do is he would put stuff in the pack, and then he'd put the pack on, and then he would step on our scale. And he would go, and then he would make a decision. He'd be like, okay, oh, that was way too much weight. I'm not taking that hammock, you know? And he'd take something out of his pack. And he'd be like, oh, I think I really am going to need this. And he'd put it in, and he'd get back on the scale. And, he'd t- and that is how he would make his decisions on what he would pack and what he wouldn't. And at the end of the trip, I thought it was really neat because what everyone would say, how was your trip? How was your trip? And his one-liner that he kept saying to everybody is, it was beautiful, and it was super exhausting. Can you imagine if he hadn't have been intentional about his pack, if he had just thrown anything in there that he could, everything that he wanted, all the clothes, all the food, everything, it would have been so, he might not, I don't think he would have made it. And then he would have missed out on this because this was the top. This is the very pinnacle of the whole trip, what they were hoping to get to and what they were hoping to see. And I look at that and I think, I'm so glad you were intentional with what you packed so that you could finish what you set out to do and you could see the beauty that was there. How sad would it have been if he'd have missed out on this? How exhausted are we in our lives if we're not intentional about what we throw in our pack? And I'm just as guilty as everybody in this room about just stuffing stuff in the pack. But um, 1 Corinthians 10.23 says, everything is permissible, but not everything is helpful. So what's in your pack? That's what we're going to talk about. What are you um, choosing to heft around with you every day? And are you missing some of the beauty that's around you because your pack is so heavy and you can't see it? You can't even get to it. I know I am. There are times when I'm like, oh, 
I could be enjoying my children right now, but instead I'm hefting around this load of stuff that I've chosen to take on. And, um, and it's just weighing me down. And I can't even enjoy the things and the beauty that's right in front of me. Um, one of the things I was thinking about is our heart is really what drives what we put inside this pack. So what we think, what we value, what we think is important is what drives what we shove into the pockets of our pack. So what do we, what do we find value in? Is it your appearance, how you look to others? Then you're going to shove those kind of things in. Because you want to look good. You want people to see that. You want to see that you have it all together, um, that you got the new boots, the new, you're wearing the new color of the year, you know? Um, is it our reputations? Oh, I'm not really that good at that, but I'm going to go ahead and do that project for the school because I want people to think I'm a really good involved mom and that I do those kinds of things. Is it our comfort? We just want to be comfortable, so we shove in things that are easy for us to do. Um, we're going to talk about a few things, maybe four things that I see that I, the things that I stuff in my pack pretty much, and that I see other moms stuff in their pack. And we're just going to kind of hash through these real quick. Um, the first two are things that start here in the mind, like we were talking about, but because they go unaddressed, they feel heavy in our pack. So the first one is unrealistic expectations. Okay, I didn't put the unrealistic part, but pretend. Unrealistic expectations. We like to stick those in our pack. And what I mean by that is um, things like, my baby should take great naps every day. You might not say it out loud, but you must think it, because what happens when the baby doesn't nap well? Ugh, I really had stuff I needed to get done today needed that baby to take a good two-hour nap, and it's so frustrating, right? So it's not a logical thought to think that your baby's going to take a great nap every day. And so we've got to realign that expectation and instead think, hey, baby takes a great nap, that is a win. Win for baby, win for mom. Praise God, I'm excited. Baby doesn't take a great nap, I must need to do a little bit more rocking, a little bit more holding, a little bit more loving today, and the Lord wanted me to slow down and spend that time being more quiet than doing laundry or cleaning the house or whatever else we had on our to-do list. Another expectation, this one, I'm so guilty of this, there should be an end to the laundry. <laughs> I'm here to crush your feelings, girls. There is no end to the laundry, ever. Maybe on a good week, you might get it washed and dried and folded, but I have yet to find somebody that can wash, dry, fold, and put it away, and all the baskets be empty at the end, right? It's not possible. And those baby clothes are tiny, and there's a million of them. <laughs> I, I just, I remember those days really, really well. So new perspective. Does each member of this family have clean clothes to put on their body today? Praise God. Okay? <laughs> Praise God. Another one, um, unrealistic expectation. I'm just throwing out a few examples. My kids should be, and you fill in the blank. My kids should be thankful. My kids should be joyful. My kids should be obedient. No. They are little people. Just like you have your days when you're grumpy and you have your days when you disobey the Lord, they have their days in which they do that too and they are separate from you. You might train them and guide them and love them and teach them that way, 
but they aren't necessarily going to always do that. Millie and I were just talking about this before um, the class started. And, but those things, girls, when we think that way, they start to weigh us down and they start to make us feel like I must be a horrible mom because my kid is not thankful right now. But instead having the perspective that, hey, you're your own little person and you're making your own little choices today and I can help guide you and instruct you, but that your, your, cho- your choices to behave that way or to act that way or to respond that way are not a reflection of my mommying. So I'm going to continue to love on you, but I'm not going to take that weight and carry it around with me. Okay, another thing we like to stick in our packs is our past. This one I'm going to put in a little side pocket right here because we don't really let a lot of people see it. We just kind of keep it, keep it tucked away right there, and we kind of forget about it ourselves because it's in the side pocket, and we don't think about it ever so often, but it keeps sneaking up on us. And... um. People that are members here at Watermark know we have so many great ministries that are here. It's one of the things I really enjoy about this church. Um, but for those of you that, um, that might not be familiar with it, I just want to tell you a few of the ministries that are here because if you find yourself, whether you're um, a member here or not, doesn't matter, but if you find yourself thinking about your past a lot, if memories keep creeping up, if you keep feeling shame or guilt over something from your past or, um, or just burdened by something from your past, then I want you to think about processing that in a really healthy way um, so that it doesn't have to keep coming up. It doesn't have to be a weight in your pack. It doesn't have to weigh you down anymore. Um, here at Watermark, they have some different ministries that they provide, and I wanted to just run down the list of them so that if if anybody's in here and they think, oh, well, that might be something that I could really go to to find encouragement for what I'm dealing with. We, um, Watermark offers shelter, um, and this is a ministry for those that have been sexually abused or assaulted. We have Grief Share, that is a lot, if you've lost a family member or a loved one or a close friend, that's a great place to go and find some encouragement there. Regen is for anybody with hurts, hangups, and habits that you want to kick. Reengage if your marriage is struggling or there's something in, the, in your marriage from the past that you want to deal with that helps you to reconnect or even resurrect your marriage. Someone Cares is an abortion recovery ministry. And even if I read down that list and you think, oh, there's nothing for me, I, want, I really want to encourage you to ask your table leader because there's even a couple of other ministries here that could be offered to you. But I think it is important that we all take time to, um, to deal with some of the things from our past, and especially if you feel like they're haunting you. You don't have to carry it in your pack anymore. The Lord wants to heal that, and he wants to help. Um, and so think about some of those ministries if they might work for you. Another thing we stick in our pack, we're going to hang out here for, hang out here for a little bit. Too many good things. They're all good. All good things, right? Y'all, I know a lot of you in this room. I don't know everybody, but I know a lot of you. And y'all are stellar women with amazing abilities and talents. And the opportunities to do things are all there for you. There's tons of things that you could do, ways that you could encourage people, bless people, ministries you serve on, your own children, your own families, your own husbands that you're doing things for. And so your plates are full. 
or they could be full. The opportunities are all there for you. Um, I don't know what was on your calendar this week. I thought it would be really fun for everybody to bring and share, but we won't do that. Um, But just to be like, these are all the things that went on in my world this week. Um, It might be, these are some of the things I reached out to a couple girls and just said, hey, what are some things that are on your to-do lists, okay? Making meals for other families, getting to the grocery store with my children, Picking up my husband's dry cleaning, cleaning the house, getting to Bible study, meeting friends for lunch, bringing snacks for community group, meeting someone at the park for a play date. Um, You might even add things like getting the perfect picture by the pumpkin house at the Arboretum in the right outfit. (laughs) That will put me 10 feet under the ground, that one right there. But here's the deal. We were not created to do everything. We weren't created that way. We were made in God's image, but we were not made God. And so therefore we have limitations and it is okay to have limitations. This book right here is filled with people who were unworthy and weak, but did amazing things for God's kingdom. So there is nothing wrong with saying, I can't do that this week. It's not going to be able to happen for me. Um, I am, I think, queen of the grace pass. I've really gotten good at it in the last two years. Um, I like to say to to my husband, and he'll call and be like, I'm on my way home, and I'm like, super. Um, It's kind of a busy day, and so the house looks like a tornado went through it. And that is what I call my grace pass. With my kiddos sometimes, hey, mom, what's for dinner? Well, I did not make it to the grocery store today, so we are going to have peanut butter and jelly for dinner. Um, and that is another grace pass that I give myself. And, um, and I think it's getting easier to do when I realize that everything that we do is about the heart. So I could probably pull off a really great dinner tonight and I could get the house clean, but when my husband walks through the door, I'm going to be a witch. And I don't want to be a witch. And I don't want my kids to have that kind of a mom. And so I would rather say grace pass tonight. And I'm also learning that it's all about the heart in which I put the meal on the table. Frozen chicken nuggets are really great when you go, guess what we're having for dinner? Chicken nuggets. And they're like, yay. And they love it. Um, it's, it's all about my attitude. But if my attitude is, oh, I, didn't make, I didn't make a great dinner tonight. It wasn't gluten-free. And now I got to... I got to present this to my family and I feel like a loser and I feel like I let everybody down, then yeah, nobody's really going to enjoy dinner. It really truly is about the heart and the attitude behind the giving of the gift. Um, So keep that in mind. The other thing is we're just uniquely gifted, you guys. I'm not going to be, this is my example, Um, I'm not a detail person at all. And so I was room mom last year. Mm -mm. (laughs) Mm-mm. I don't send good emails. I don't remember to tell you that I got your $20 for the collection. And then at the end of the year when everybody's like, okay, turn in your receipts. I'm like, yeah, I don't have those receipts. I don't know. We spent about this much on this and about this much on this. I'm just not a good room mom. So this year, somebody's like, hey, you need to be a room mom again. Yeah, because you you throw really good parties and you do the crafts really well. And I'm like, then I'll come do your party. But don't make me room mom. I can't do the details any longer. And I'm finally reaching that point where I can go, okay, this is not the area I'm gifted in. 
And so that's okay to say no to. That's not going in my pack. I'm not going to carry room mom around anymore. I can't. I'm not gifted in that way. And so think about the ways that God has gifted you and say yes to those things. Put those in your pack and serve well. But if it's something that you're going, oh, I really love that they asked me to do that, and I just think that would be really fun to be able to say that I did it and for people to see me. And what I'm, I mean, I'm being honest. These things go through my head sometimes. Um, and I'm sure they go through yours too. But there are no. If I'm not gifted in that way, then no, I can't serve in that way. And that's okay. Um, and there are seasons of giftedness, uh, or not seasons of giftedness. There's seasons in which using those gifts is a good idea. So for me, um, when I had little ones at home, I loved when people would send the care calendars. I can totally whip up a meal and make double, one for my family and one for yours, and, and truck it over there. And I did that a lot. And now I'm in a season where that stresses me out. Well, you know, because I'm serving PB&J for my kids for dinner. So I cannot feed your family, obviously. Um, <laughs> But my husband was reminding me, but you used to do that all the time and you used to love it. And I bet you're going to hit a season again where you're all about doing that. Um, but this just isn't the season for that. And so for me right now, if somebody says, hey, you know, we really need somebody to take a meal to this person, I'm like, I can buy the frozen orange chicken from Trader Joe's and the fried rice that goes with it and fill their freezer. And that's what we do. And that's okay. It's okay to do it in a different way. It's okay that the seasons change. So let's pray for wisdom on how to spend our time. And we all need a pack pal. It kind of sounds like pack pal, which is one of my favorite restaurants right now, but that's not what I'm saying. A pack pal. You know how Lance loaded up his bag and then he got on the scale? We don't have a scale. I wish we did. I wish I could just say, should this commitment be in my pack? Let's put it on the scale. We don't have that. We need friends. We need friends that are going to help tell us how we should spend our time. We pray about it, and then we ask for wisdom around us. Um, Ephesians 5, 15, and 16 says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And I think part of wisdom says to the people around you, you know my life. You know what life looks like for me. Help me decide if this should go in my pack, okay? Some of you need friends that are going to help lighten your load, my friend Callie Nixon gave me permission to share this. Her friends made her a chart. This is called her diarrhea chart. You can't see it very well because it's super small. I'm going to read you a little bit of it. It's, if someone is asking you to make a commitment in the top left corner, someone's asking you, are these kids Ryan, her husband, your kids, family, community group, foundation group, re-engaged person? Is it a music client? Is it Bess or Jenny or a neighbor? If it is, how crazy has your week been? If it, if it isn't, you have diarrhea. Okay? You go on over, how crazy has your week been? And then it's like, yes, yes. You get down to the bottom. This is my favorite one. You get down here to the bottom, it says, um, where it say, you accidentally pooped on the phone and it will not be repaired in the foreseeable future. That's what you tell people when you get all the way down to the bottom. I know you can't read it very well, but it's super funny. It's a funny way of her community group telling her, you're doing too much, so here's a chart to help you decide what you should do and you shouldn't do, which I love. Some of you need encouragement on the opposite side. You need somebody to help you put some stuff in your pack because you say no to a lot from fear or because you want to stay comfortable or even self-deprivation, like, hey, I'm, not, I'm, just, oh, I'm just not so good at that. And you need somebody to go, you are good at that. And God will use you and put that in your pack. 
So here's my big old fat confession, y'all. This week was a week of too many good things for Mandy, and it couldn't have been foreseen. I didn't schedule it that way. I agreed to be something at school, um, at my kids' school. I was in charge of the pumpkin contest, but we didn't know when the pumpkin contest was, and I agreed to do this talk, and it wasn't on the calendar yet, and when they all came onto the calendar, they were on the same week. Also happens to be that this Saturday is the only Saturday that my daughter does not have soccer, and she and I are having a garage sale to raise money to go to Haiti. So the garage sale has to be this week. So all three of these things collided, and I did what any good mom would do and had an emotional breakdown at a gas station. Okay? It was great. Um, But this is my picture of me in my garage full of junk, which is awesome when you're giving a talk on simplicity. Um... But the reason I share this confession is because I feel like the Lord used this to to show me something really, really interesting. This week was packed full of things. It wasn't my choice, but it's what happened. And I got to this gas station and I realized my week is so full and I feel so lonely. So lonely. I've done nothing but be with people and meet people and do this and do that and do that. It's not that I didn't see people I didn't connect with people. My bag was so full, and I was going so many places, and I felt completely alone all week. And that's where the breakdown came. On Wednesday, I lost it. And the Lord said, you share that with those girls. You can do good things, but you do too many good things, and you are going to be isolated. You are not going to feel God's love because you're not going to hear his voice, and you are not going to have time with people which he designed us for relationship. And so a lot of things we stick in that pack are just tasks, and they might involve other people, but they aren't relational. They're just tasks. And so that's my one little confession for you guys that I've been experiencing and that God taught me. The, the last one I want to share with you is stuff, okay? Just stuff. I mean, good grief. Our cars, our homes, the laundry, the dishes, there's just stuff everywhere. And I'm as guilty as the next person. I told my husband, I think Amazon Prime is working directly with Satan himself. (laughs) Don't you think? I mean, we just have so much stuff. So Luke 12, 15, this is what God's word says about stuff. Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. I also like Ecclesiastes 5.10, which is so how I felt at the gas station. Whoever loves money never has money enough. Whoever loves wealth never is satisfied with his income. This, too, is meaningless. And that's how I felt about all the things I was getting done this week. Mark 4.19, still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things comes and chokes it out and makes it unfruitful. Did you catch it? It never satisfies and it chokes out the word. So what's choking out God's word in your life? Is it the upkeep of your home? Is it too many kids' toys? Yes, it is. Is it too many trinkets and knickknacks that have to be dusted? Too many clothes? Too many shoes that you can't find? Or worse, that you have to iron? I hate clothes you have to iron. Um, And remember that clutter isn't just physical anymore. We have digital clutter, y'all. Emails, apps, so much junk. Where could you make room for God's voice to be heard? Every time you purchase something, this has been on my heart and my mind for the last three weeks. Every time I purchase something, I am 
buying something to bring into my world that has to be managed or cleaned. You better believe I have left the register a couple of times this last couple of weeks. I was like, I'm out. I don't need another thing to clean and I don't need another thing to manage. If it's not food, I am not getting it. Um, When we first moved to Dallas a long time ago, about five years now, we lived in a 500 square foot room, all six of us, 500 square feet. I wanted to bring a picture and I forgot to load it. Easiest, most simple three months of my life. Truly, I could clean that place in eight minutes flat. And I'm talking bathtub, sink, floors, all of it. There was nothing there. We had one bucket of toys. We each had a mattress on the floor. We had a computer. That was it. It was simple. And sometimes I wish we could go back to those days. The accumulation of things makes our lives more chaotic. Whether it's your closet, your office desk, your nursery, excess stuff negatively impacts us. It We can't focus on Christ. We can't process information in a healthy way because there's too much clutter around us. And ultimately, it keeps us from running the race marked out for us. So we're going to go back to the original two questions, you guys. What does your mind mull over? And what is in your pack that's weighing you down? You might have noticed that when you came in today, you got a blank sheet of paper. That was completely purposeful. We are talking about simplicity. I didn't give you blanks to fill in. You got nothing. And I like it. I hope you took notes on it. If you didn't, you're going to have a few minutes here to just kind of dump on that piece of paper whatever you're thinking about. Whatever your mind's thinking about, whatever you feel is weighing you down, you can just write it on that paper. You also got an index card. I would love if you can say right now or if in the next few minutes you can think of something that you're like, this is weighing me down. I don't know what it is. It might be... A commitment. It might be um, stuff in your home that you know needs to be cleaned out. It might be expectations that you've put on your husband or your children or yourself that you need to let go. Um, Whatever it is that you find that you're like, this is weighing my pack down and I'm ready to let it go, I want you to write it on that index card and I want you to come lay it up here next to this pack. Just as a symbol of going, I'm throwing that off. That is not something I'm carrying around any longer. So we're going to play some quiet music, and I want you to just kind of dump on that piece of paper anything you want to, and then on that index card, anything that you know, if you know today what you want to throw off, I want you to just come and lay it here, okay? Thanks, girls. I love how we love to talk and to gather. I just want to take a second and introduce myself. I'm next up. I'm Sunday McDonald. This is my first time up here for y'all. So, yeah, thanks for, well, thanks for the love on that. I appreciate it. Um, all right, this is my family. Uh, this is Darren, my husband for 15 years. Uh, Reese, who's 10 in the fifth grade, and Zach is seven in the first grade. That's right. That means I am home alone. Um, way different than you expect. I'm at least as busy as I was before, but it's very different. You'll, you'll see, you'll see. Um, I've been with the nest for ever. <laughs> for, I, I almost called it building blocks. That's how long I've been with the nest. Um, just since the beginning. And it's been um, such a cool journey to see how it's grown from meeting in the mat room with our kids to this full room of women. It's 
fabulous. I head up the AV team right now, so a shout out to them. Woohoo! And um, I've just loved being part of the ministry. Um, so I'm thankful to be here with you all this morning. Um, all right, so now that we've thrown off um, what's hindering us, now we're going to talk about our, our basic needs. We're just going to go back to basics air, food, water, rest. I know you may be thinking coffee and like showers. I remember those two things were like big deals. Okay, but we're going to start right here. Oh, I forgot to tell you one thing. Um, one thing you should know about me is that um, hearts are kind of my thing. Hearts are a way that God reminds me um, how much he loves me. And you'll see them throughout the screen. And I just wanted to give a little nod to it so you know what's up with all the hearts. You're going to see more and I'll talk about it more later. All right. Just breathe. This is what we're going to do first. Um, we're going to take a full deep breath. Not yet, but I want to tell you about how we're going to take it. Close your eyes if that's comfy. Take it full in. Not just your lungs, but also fill up your belly. Pause for a second and let it all out again. All right, we're going to do it now. Here we go. Oh, I think one more. That felt really good. I'm going to do it one more time. Y'all can tell it's at least as much for me. I know. I'm going to own that. Here we go. We're going to do it one more time. Man, it's impossible to do that and not feel more relaxed, right? Breath alone can just remind us how dependent we are. I forget how powerful a breath can be. Genesis 2-7 says, Then the Lord formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. I read this, and the first part is, first he formed man. He just formed him. He's not living then. He's just a, a being, a, a doll. But it wasn't until he took the man and he breathed, God breathed his breath into the man before he became a living being. That's cool. But before, before he even made man, he created an environment for man to live, to sustain the life he was going to create. How cool is that? Sun, land, the garden with the water and the plants. Plants that give off the very oxygen that we breathe. He created a place to sustain the life that he was going to create. Before we even had a need, he provided for it. That's cool. We are God-breathed. And there's something else that is God-breathed. I know what it is. 2 Timothy 3:16 and 17 says that all Scripture is, all Scripture is God-breathed, and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So the servant of God, that's us, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Thoroughly equipped, y'all. It doesn't say, you know what? God's word is, is kind of good sometimes. Sometimes it applies. Sometimes it's good to use. No, it says that makes us thoroughly, thoroughly equipped for anything good that we would do. Another verse says we're made complete. Wow. All right, so God provides. Marking on it. Here we go. Oh, went too far. Oh, don't look. God provides breath to give us life, earth to sustain us physically, and his word to sustain us spiritually. These are basic needs. 
there in God's word. So when the same earth and the people in it, like the little ones, pull us in 50 million directions with our tension, time, energy, schedule, diapers, bedtime, baths, laundry, holding, dishes, cleaning, maybe we can remember to breathe, to rely on him like we do with our breath and take in what he's already given us. Food is up next, and the most basic one is bread. The breadwinner of the family, you know, is the one that um, goes out and works hard to provide for the family. Well, in Exodus 16, God provides for his family. Let's see. I want to do a little setup before. Hold on. Um, So the Israelites were just freed from the horrific slavery um, from the Pharaoh and the Egyptians. I mean, it was really bad. They prayed and prayed and prayed, and they asked and asked and begged Moses and God to free them from this awful situation. Um, and y'all know it took 10 horrific plagues, plagues, and then finally the parting of the Red Sea, because Pharaoh changed his mind again, but um, God freed them one more time. So here they are in the desert, finally, and this is what they say. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, if only we died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat, and we ate all the food that we wanted, but you brought us into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Now it's pots of meat and it sounds like a vacation. It was awful, but this is how they view their newfound freedom. And then the Lord said to them, you ungrateful people. No, wait, that's what I would have said. Sometimes that is what I say. But the Lord didn't say that. He said, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. Is it over here? Yeah. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. He heard them, he provided for them, and he wants them to know him. He says, at twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. How much does he love them? That evening, the quail did come, and the, in the morning, the bread came. Thin flakes like frost on the ground. They were like wafers with honey, so they were sweet, sweet bread. Um, what is it? They, that's what they called They didn't know what it was. And Moses said, it is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. Everyone is to gather as much as they need, and they did. Some gathered a little, and some gathered much. But the one who gathered much didn't gather too much, and the one that gathered little didn't gather too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. And we all have different needs, don't we? They called it manna. No one kept any of it. No one, oh, and Moses told them, no one is to keep any of it until morning. But some did anyway. And it, the next day, it was full of maggots and it started to smell. That's what it's like when we try to rely on our, ourselves and not him. All right, y'all, in this passage, the word gather occurs 11 times. It is one of my new favorite words. If I can have a favorite word, it's a new favorite word. Because here's the deal, God could have filled up their bellies. He could have just said, okay, I will make you full, and then you won't be hungry anymore, but he didn't. He provided something for them. He rained it down from heaven, and they had to go and gather it. They had to accept uh, his provision for them. 
They had to put their trust in him for their needs. And that's just what he wanted because he knew that was the good and right thing for them. They had to get, accept the gift of bread that was rained down for them. Jesus was sent down from heaven as a gift for us too to provide for our sins so that we could be forgiven and we could be reconciled again to God. But we have to accept that gift and we have to take it in and we have to gather it. We can't, he doesn't just instantly make us. He didn't make us into um, puppets or dolls, did he? He gave us freedoms. He could have, he could have just made us into robots and had us do exactly what he wanted, but he gave us the freedoms to accept his gift. How much does he love us? All right, when Jesus taught the disciples how to pray, he said, give us this day our daily bread. And I think this is a big nod back to the time in Exodus with the Israelites and the manna. It's a nod back to the manna because it's not just about the food, though. It's about providing for our needs daily. Jesus tells us here, ask for what you need and to ask daily. He also, it also implies that God is capable to provide for us, and he wants to provide for our needs. In Matthew 7, 11, uh, it says, um, which of you, if your son or daughter asks for bread, will give him a stone? Mommy, I'm hungry. Do y'all get that all the time? Here's a stone. Here's a rock. Enjoy. <laughs> so it's ridiculous, Right? But if you then, even though you're, you're evil, you're a sinner, know how to give good gifts to your, to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? He wants us to ask and come. Uh, in, the, okay, in, Matthew, in Matthew, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, the scripture says he was hungry. I'm like, he was hungry? Now I can never use that word again. Like, I say that, all, I'm so hungry. I'm like, no, he, he, was, he was dying of starvation, right? I mean, his body was withering away. He was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you're the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. <laughs> tell these stones to become bread. Did he do it? No, he said, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word from the mouth of God. That's Matthew 4.4, by the way. And time for a sidebar. I cannot read this verse, y'all, without singing. And here's why. Um, We were memorizing it not too long ago to make it stick. And in the past, when when I've memorized verses and even a chapter here and there, the ones that really, I can't keep them for real long, you know? Like, they just won't stay in the mommy brain. But the ones that always stick to me are the ones that are set to music. Um, I still love me some uh, Seeds family worship in that way. I, I love them. We play it. I love that it's, it gets in, it's an easy way to hide those things away. And when I recall the verses, here I am singing the song. But it's in there, you know? Deliberate Kids is another one that I really were, I really love, and I love praise and worship music too. But anyway, Call Me Maybe was a very popular hit at the time, and, <laughs> and for whatever reason, I was like, that's what stuck. Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word from the mouth of God. 
Matthew 4, 4, that's the number. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Matthew 4, 4, call me maybe. All right. Glad that is on recorded. Okay. So, all right, but back to Jesus. His response was to let God be his provider and sustainer. And we can too, not to starve ourselves, but to remind us that God's word is just as important as bread, and it is a basic need. All right, next up. Oh, where is my butt first coffee people? Does anybody have one of those shirts? Like, and that is your motto. Like, you get up in the morning, I can't do anything, child, until I have my coffee. Okay. I, I'm not a super one of those people, but I, there are a lot of y'all out there, and I know you didn't raise your hand, but I, I know who you are. But today, we're going for water. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you to hit the water first. Um, in Exodus 17, so very next chapter from where we were just talking about, about the manna and the quail raining down. This is what they say. Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and our livestock die of thirst? Moses says, what am I to do with these people? They're almost ready to stone me. Stones. So the people were about to use stones to kill Moses, and Satan used them to tempt Jesus. But God uses a rock, a large, solid rock, and he tells Moses, he tells Moses to strike it, and it, he pours out water for his people. And they gather it, and they drink, accepting his provision for their physical need. How much does he love us? The Samaritan woman was at the well, and Jesus asked, for her, uh, asked her for a drink, and she's kind of surprised, because she's like, uh, we people don't talk to each other, you shouldn't be talking to me. And he says, if you knew the gift of God, that's him, and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, this well water, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And she's like, uh... Give me that water so I don't have to keep coming back to this well. Um, he gives us the gift of eternal life. We get to come and drink and accept the gift. So when you wake up in the morning and go grab that coffee, I was like, hey, maybe grab a little cup of water. Remind you, it's a basic need, and it reminds you of the gift of the living water that we've been given. I want to say a quick something about, um, about this food and water as basic needs. Um, and I say it because self-care is something I don't do well at all. So that's the motivation. We moms and parents, we need to take care of ourselves. If we don't fuel our physical bodies with water and food, we'll be more run down and we'll be more vulnerable to frustration, to impatience, to the grumpies, and to wanting to check out. But, and we are important to God. I think you can hear that in what I've said so far, right? He cares. And he believes our needs are worth providing for. And you should too. If we um, are to love our neighbor as ourselves, doesn't that mean we first must love ourselves? And it includes gathering that quail and manna and taking in both the well and the living water. We can better provide for others then and value them. 
And that's one reason why we serve food while we're here too, is that we know how hard it is to provide for yourself and y'all are important. All right, moving on. There's me drinking my water. <laughs> it's such a glamorous picture. All right, rest. I know, we, do we not all just yearn for it still? The bags under my eyes don't even, don't even look, don't even look. I know it's a place where y'all are weary regularly with little ones. But we're going we're gonna to dive in anyway. Um, firstly, God modeled it. The seventh day of creation, he rested. When he finished his work, he rested. In Exodus 16 that we covered with the manna, on the sixth day, he provided twice as much manna. They gathered twice as much so that they could rest on the seventh day. On the seventh day, no manna came down from the sky. No quail landed either because he had them rest. Jesus also calls for it. And he says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. <sighs> Just wants me to take a breath there. All right, if we think about our anchored theme for a minute, even a boat has to be docked. It has to be tethered, and has to, the rudder has to be up, out of the water. It has to be recharged and refueled, rested. And so do we. I'm in the kitchen a lot. I feel like the BLDs, the breakfasts, the lunches, and the dinners, and then it all starts over again. And, um, but it came to me the other day. Well, it came to me at Target. Thank you, Lord, for Target, because I thought that it was so applicable to um, my talk today. But I, it came to me that even a spoon has a rest. And I loved, the, I loved these two things, right? It's a reminder. It sits there every, every day now. And I'm like, I need you. I love that, and it's hilarious. And the need reminds me of the daily bread. Like, it's so great in so many ways. <laughs> we crave rest for a reason. It's because Jesus wants to give it. Um, but we can't take his yoke without throwing off ours. Gather. All right, so a quick review. God created us. He loves us. He's capable and he desires to provide for our physical and our spiritual needs. He wants us to know him. He wants us to trust him with our needs. Now let's take in those gifts that he offers. Take it in, take a breath. We rely on it every day and we don't, even though we don't see it, we can rely on him the same way. Let that remind us of him and how we can trust him for our very breath and so much more. Take deep, long breaths. Take them before you speak before you discipline, it'll remind you that he's with you and it will remind you to be slow to speak, which protects us you know, from lashing out or saying something we don't mean or just speaking out in frustration. It'll help us be more patient by slowing things down. Take in his love for us because even while we were full of holes and dead in our sin, Christ came and he died for us. Yeah, we're, we're holy. We mess up every day even. When you fall and when you fail, don't just lay there dead in your sin and in your shame and your guilt. It's heavy. 
Maybe that's why we lay there, because it's so heavy. I call, I call Zach, uh, my youngest, the, an ostrich sometimes, because every time he messes up, he runs and he goes and sticks his head under a blanket or a pillow, <laughs> just like an ostrich does in the sand. We always talk about how that's what, exactly what Adam and Eve did, too, when they messed up. They hid. They hid in the garden. But the thing is that he already knows. He already knew then, and he already knows now. The enemy wants us to hide in that sin and in that shame and just the weight of it. But God wants us to come and gather what he's already given us, to let him provide for our need to be forgiven and reconciled back to him. This is my story right here. Desperate to find my worth and my value. Tried to find it in other people. Hurt so many people trying to do that. Relationships just ruined, and I hated myself. I hated myself for it. I cried out over and over and over again, desperate for forgiveness. I kept asking. And one time I asked, and God was like, you already are forgiven. But you haven't let my forgiveness be enough. See, I thought I had to sit in that shame and guilt and feel punishment and be punished. And that's, that's what, by God, like that, that's, I guess, what I thought. That's what the enemy likes. No, I just simply had to let his forgiveness be enough and let that provide for my need. And the hearts are like that. It's his reminder. I see him a lot. That he loves me no matter what. He loves us no matter what. And always, he always he doesn't want me to go hide, but to come and gather his provision for me. Even when I'm grumpy and complain in the desert that there's nothing to eat and I wish I had the slavery thing, he still wants me to come and he still provides. How much does he give us good gifts? He loves us. He wants us to accept the forgiveness and turn away from anything else that hinders that. All right, take him in. His word. Okay, day, today is day 2,112 of reading God's word and writing what I learned about. And I kind of hate saying that out loud in some ways just because it sounds braggy or something. But I just want you to know why I'm, well, I'll tell you why I'm sharing it. Because I always knew that it was important and everybody talks about how you gotta be in God's word. And I tried and I even went to like some quiet time training class and um, I would do it. I would read some days, and then I would skip, and then I would feel bad for skipping, so I'd skip some more, and then eventually I would dive back in. And, um, but there were some women and people that went ahead of me and committed their time to doing it every day. And one year, on a January 1st, I decided, I'm just gonna do, I can do this for a year. I'm gonna try. And y'all have to know that I'm a terrible maintainer I'm not a good finisher, and there's a big part of me that thought, I, I can't do this. Um, and I'll say that Zach was 18, uh, less than 18 months when I started, so I had little bitty, and I had, still, I mean, my kids never slept good. They, they sleep good generally now. You saw, you saw them sleeping. There's, there's proof. 
Um, I used naps. I did. And it was hard because I didn't get other stuff done. I didn't. And the house was unraveled. And But the thing is, is that those things will be there every day. <laughs> right? Y'all know they're heavy. They're mundane. I mean, the mundane is the hardest part. The laundry, the dishes, the breakfast, lunch, and dinners, and all over again. The cleaning, and then all of their needs as well. It's going to be there again tomorrow. And I, again, say the number, 2,112 days, not one of them, even in my dysfunctional, messy house. Not one if I regretted spending that time that way. And so I just want to encourage you to try. Um, the way I do it is, um, now I get up early, but is I read and then I, I write, but I'm not a, I, I hate handwriting, my handwriting's terrible, my brain can't keep up with my hand, and I type. And I send it out an email to people, a small handful of people, just for accountability. That's what I did for the first year, and sadly, that's what I still do, so those poor people that have gotten 2,000. <laughs> anyway, but I need accountability. I'm not one of those just like, you know what, tomorrow I'm gonna go run a marathon, I can do, or I'm gonna train for a marathon, I can totally do it. Uh, mm -mm. I have to have, I got to have people. What did Mandy call it? A pack pal. That's what, I, that's what I had to have. I had to have a couple of them. And that's how, I, that's how I was able to do it. And you won't get naps every day. And you can't hold the time too tightly, because then you get mad at the people for waking up. Because you've disturbed my quiet time, and then you're all self-righteous about your quiet. Anyway. So it might not happen. And so that's why I'm going to go for my next part, because you might not have that time, now what? Go outside. Often it's the only thing that soothes a fussy baby. I love that, right? Because it's so big and vast and it screams his name. That is why. We can't see him, but he's given us this world to see him in, to see the incredible works of his hands, the colors and the seasons. Romans 1.20 says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, and his divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. So go for a nature walk. Breathe deep breaths and remember that he gave them. See the leaves change and see the ones fallen and see the ones clinging on still. See the sun and how God put it there and see the acorns that are seeds for more more trees to grow, and their provision for the squirrels and the other animals. See the path that you're walking or running along, and notice that sometimes it's bumpy, and sometimes it's smooth, and that's just like our walk, just like life. He doesn't promise smooth roads all the time, but that he'll walk them with us, and that he's worthy of trusting him through it. See the butterflies. Oh, they're not so great right now. I love this time of year. They start as teeny, tiny eggs, and then they grow into then they change into caterpillars, and then they grow and grow and change and morph into a flying, beautiful butterfly. They're transformed, and that's what he does for us, too. Talk about it with your children. They will love making new discoveries. We used to go out and be like, so let's see what we can find today in learning what God made. The more we admire of his creation, the more we see the more we understand him and know him and his nature. Go outside. It'll, it'll preach, y'all. Gather that manna that has rained down for us. It's right there to take in. And if you take it in, it'll come out. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Let that be your time. 
if you have no other. I'm big on using moments that are already there. Uh, one of the reasons is because I will get out of a talk or I will read some article, somebody posts something, and I'll be like, that's the crap diet, that's the thing I need for that devotional, and that's going to be the best. I'm going to get on Pinterest, <laughs> I'm going to go to the store, I'm going to get all those supplies, I'm going to make that Jesus craft, and it is going to, then my children will know about God. It's going to be the best. I mean, do y'all do that? But if only I had that one book, ooh, but then there's that other book, and then I got to find time to read it, but then I'm going to be the best mom ever. <laughs> Mandy loves that when I do that. I told her I would do it today. Dude, it is exhausting, is it not? So I, I can't do it. I, I just throw it off. And sometimes I'm telling myself, like, girl, you just can't do that. And in a way that is not great, you know, like, you can't even do that, you know. But at the same time, I know better now that I can't do that. I don't want, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And we'll throw that off. So we use the moments that are already there. There it is. Grocery store, all the time. Buy an organic apple. Let your little ones pick it out. It will have bruises and bumps and spots, and they'll be like, ew, and be like, well, it's just like us. Imperfect, and all God's apples are. Yet he still picks us, and he still grafts us in. We are scarred and bruised, but we're picked, and we're chosen and we're bought at a price, and we're labeled, and we're marked, and we are for a purpose, and we're valuable, and we're to be used, and we're grafted in. Thank you, Lord. How much does he love us? So we don't have to Pinterest and grocery store. You know, we don't have to do all of those. Sometimes they're great, but sometimes the grocery store will work just fine. All right, take in thankfulness. This is a big one for me. Uh, I can, that's my, I, I, <laughs> that was in my makeup. And I think that looks like, uh, well, anyway. I think it looks like the grumpies. The grumpies come in and they spoil the manna. They're the mold and the maggots. And I gotta tell you, I, I, I'm good at them. The martyr and the woe is me and the, mm-hmm, it's true. But thankfulness, it's a preservative. And so, when my heart gets bitter and grumpy from the mundane breakfast, lunch, and dinner again, the laundry, the whining, the crying, the diaper changes, the smell of pee everywhere. (laughs) Boys, y'all, boys. I just start rattling off the things that I'm thankful for. I do. And there's a lot. I often start, honestly, I often start my journaling time this way too because a lot of times my mind, my mind is like this. I'm not super busy girl. I mean, I don't take on a whole lot, but my brain is constantly. I need to, I keep a notepad near my, where I sit because release what's going on in my head. It's scattered and it's busy. And I just, or sometimes it's just cloudy. And so I start that time with things that I'm thankful for and it orients my mind and my heart towards him. I'm thankful for overripe bananas that are gonna make delicious banana bread. For running water, for living water, for clothes on our backs, for hands to hold, for arms to hug. You just, it just can go on and on. Once you start just naming off things that you're thankful for, 
You could go on all day. It's, it's a gift. It's a treat. And it is a uh, trick, I'd say. I put that in my pack. After we've gone out and gathered what he's already given, we ask for what we need. Ask for what else we need, right? Remember, give us this day our daily bread. When we don't ask, we rely on ourselves. Remember how that turned out. Maggots. Be glad I didn't put up a picture of that. We fill up our today list, and we are busy, busy to go knock it out. We go, 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 because going makes us feel important. Because busy means that we are somebody and we are valued. That's what, that's what it seems like. And I do, I do like me a to-do list, but here's a couple of things. I rarely get everything done on there. I usually should on myself that I didn't get more done. And I'm usually exhausted by it. So on a busy day, or sometimes just any day, I, like preschool days are a good example too, I go and park by the small lake by my house. That other picture of outdoors is that spot. I turn over my list then and there, and I listen. It helps me pare down my list to throw off what I think is good. Remember, good stuff went in the pack, but it actually hinders. It helps me hear his voice the loudest. It helps me set my heart on him. It turns my thoughts, interestingly, to other people instead of other things. And often it just gives me a better order to the list I have. Some days the list is just long and it just is. I'll still park over there for a minute, just ask for help, ask for my time to be multiplied sometimes. Um, but it's also made me make better lists. <laughs> now they're a lot shorter. Because there's nothing but shame and self-reliance up in a long list, right? Shame that we didn't get everything done and that means we're not somebody and good and valued and why, can't, why couldn't we do that? And we should be able to and superwomen can, that lady over there, she can, well, her, her needs, she gathers something different than you gather. Her needs are different than your needs. Self-reliance, it just spoils our daily bread. Ask for what you need. Pray. Ask others to pray and pray for them as well. He's shown us that he loves us and that he's trustworthy with all our needs. So ask. Um, here's a little secret about prayer. There's something in there that can turn into something heavy in our pack. Telling people we're going to pray sometimes puts something weighty in our pack because of our mommy brains and our busy lives and our kids everywhere. We forget sometimes to pray, yeah? And then we feel guilty. And then we feel the burden of that. I told them I was gonna pray, I didn't pray. And I thought, we add something that we're gonna do later. And I think that's, that's heavy. So I say, pray right there. Be brave. Pray loud in front of them, with them, even if you don't know what to say. It's fine. No big words and fluffy prayers anyway. God talked about the Pharisees in that way. They like to say lots of big fancy words and give these big lengthy prayers so that everyone could hear. We don't need that. Just ask for daily bread. We may not know what somebody needs. We might even know what we need, but he does. If we practice asking and praying in that moment, it's a beautiful reminder of putting our trust in him and handing it over. 
and it'll get easier and easier. I put this challenge out there not to make you feel weighty at all, but to lift up your pack. And I know it's a challenge because I'm starting, I'm trying to make myself do it more and more, and there is some uncomfortableness about just praying in the moment in a grocery store or in the drop-off or at the pickup, but I'm going to try to do it, y'all. We'll see how it goes. All right, so when we take him in, his word, his living water, his daily bread, what he's provided for us, his rest, we'll have what we need for today. If we've taken one day at a time, and when we do that, we, we model this for our kids. We're going to pass it down to them from one generation to the next. That's my mom. That's my baby. He found a heart in his dinner. And look how proud she looks. This is what we're passing down. These still beautiful, quiet moments where we learn to rely on him. That's the talk for today. All right, I'm going to pray. How about that? Lord, thank you for this tremendous opportunity to just be here, to be amongst these women that want to know you more, that want to raise their kids in the right way, It is an incredible gift that you love us and you want us to rely on you. I just, sometimes I can't believe it. You care about little old me, but your hearts remind us so. Your nature says you created an environment for us to live before you even made us. How much do you love us? Let us know that we can trust in you and that we can keep things simple. We can breathe in deep breaths and remember you. We can... Remember, our pantry is full and be thankful. We can come and ask you for what we need and that you will provide for our physical and our spiritual needs because you love us. May we come and ask you for our daily bread when we don't know what else to do. And may we um, just be free in that. Let's go outside and see the work of your hand. Thank you for the rain this morning early that reminded us of the manna that you provided and the gift of Jesus that you rained down for us to simply go and gather. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Amen. All right. um, Next up, we're just going to spend a little bit of time at the table with just a very simple question. I speak a lot in word pictures, and I just think I'm very visual, and that's what sticks out to me, and that to take home. Nothing heavy or weighty, but just... Talk about what stuck out to you and why. We've got a few minutes to do that. Stations real quick. I'm so glad y'all are having good table time. Hey, ladies, real quick before we wrap up. um, I hope that y'all are leaving a little refreshed today. Um, It's kind of different for us to not be like, what's the one thing you're going to go and do different? And I like it. I was just telling Allison, it feels good to leave and just go, I'm going to be, and I'm not going to do, and we're not going to run the rat race. I love when she does this. I think because that's what my mind feels like most of the time. Before you leave, um, thank you for this. This blessed me. 
just to see the things that y'all are willing to say, this isn't going to own me and I'm not going to carry it and I'm going to lay it down for Christ. Um, I wish y'all could read these. Do you see this big one? This perfection? We're, this is not our aim. This is not our goal. Our weaknesses are what declare God the best thing about us. So we can definitely lay this down. Um, if you put something in this stack that is a big old secret and nobody knows about it, I am going to implore you to please don't leave without sharing it with somebody. You can come find me. You can talk to your table leader. Um, I don't want anybody to walk out of this room holding on to something that is a dark secret in their life that they're ready to share with somebody and they just don't know who that person's going to be. We are a safe place. I am a safe place. I will be your friend today. We will love you through it. I feel like that needs to be said. On that note, we're going to turn the music back on soft. If you were in the middle of a conversation, you have time to finish it. And if you were not, we would love for you to take the long path back to get your children. We'd love for you to walk by the pond or take a a little rock in a rocking chair downstairs because you have about 18 minutes before anybody needs you. Okay? You might get to go potty alone. Okay? We love you guys. Have a great weekend.